0: Welcome to The Session, a basketball podcast. I'm your co-host, Omar, and I'm joined by Ben. How are you, Omar? Ben, I am I am doing... Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how to yeah. put it to words. Like, yeah. I, I'm not doing well. I am feeling the way a lot of people are feeling right now. Uh, angry. Um, afraid. And a number of words that I'm struggling to, to find right now. But I, but I think you understand where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, I know, I know that you're going to be giving a brief summary of what kind of transpired in the, uh, in the recent week. But just to share the sentiment that you're on, it's, it's definitely a matter of helplessness. It's a matter of hopelessness. It's a matter of anger more than anything i'm just frustrated like enough is enough and these sort of these sort of feelings it's like it's not an in the moment type feeling it's not like we're being irrational with the way that we're feeling or the way that we're thinking you can argue that the second that something happens or the minute that something happens but it's been over a week now and i still share the same sentiment that i felt a week ago so before we dive into um before we dive into, you know, the specifics, how about you give a, give a brief overview of what happened and why we're feeling the way that we are?
0: Of course. Yeah. So right now, for those of you who may not be aware of the specifics, the, the world's going through and, and America and North America's particularly are going through um, a moment of uh, I would say change. I would hope and and reflection. And all of this is in the aftermath of the the killing of uh, George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. And and what I one thing I'd like to highlight here is this isn't just a singular event. It isn't a reaction to the to the you know the the murder of of George Floyd, but rather it's pent up exhaustion and and it's to it's the it's the breaking point the tipping point of what has been hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression and racial injustice and police brutality all coming to this this tipping point in society where people are reacting and this isn't the first time that people have you know mm-hmm. had this type of reaction to police injustice and and police brutality and 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 racial injustice but it feels like one of the biggest that you and I have experienced in our lifetime. And it's it's definitely a moment for everybody to take a step back, regardless of your skin color, regardless of of, of anything, and really understand and listen to the concerns that are being raised, the valid concerns that have been raised for hundreds of years that we as a society have just begun to pay attention to even
1: the smallest bit. And um, I think what you highlighted uh, initially is the most important part. This isn't a reaction to a single event. Yeah. While the, uh, the death of George Floyd is tragic, what I al- always kind of think about is how many of these cases aren't we aware of? This so happens to be, a recording that an individual had taken that went viral online. But how many videos or how many, you know, kind of examples of this are there that aren't recorded, that you and I don't know, that the whole world doesn't know? And we've seen historically the fact that they do happen, but we're just not aware. And it's, and it's really coming to the point Or not even to the point. This is the point. This is the breaking point where enough is enough. We can't no longer just stand idly by when we're seeing crimes against humanity. And if your way of showing that is silence, I have no problem putting my name out there and saying that you are wrong. Mm -hmm. If you are silent on this matter, if you, you know... Appreciate the culture as much as I do. Appropriate the culture. Listen to the music. Be able to recite every single Uzi Vert lyric. But now you're silent when there comes a time for defense. You are a hypocrite. Yep. You are a hypocrite. And, you know, it's the more I talk about it, not even that, the more I think about it, how much more? How much more can we handle? Things haven't changed. Nothing has changed. Will Smith said it. Racism hasn't changed. It's just being filmed.
0: Mm-hmm. The um, Nick Wright, uh, he's a FS1 uh, commentator. Uh, you know, famous for being irrational about loving LeBron and Pat Mahomes. <laughs> he spoke very eloquently about this topic and this has been something that he's been championing for years. There are videos of him in 2016 and now he's saying I have to say the same things on air and I urge everybody to to, to find this video and, and listen to it and I'm gonna do a poor job of paraphrasing but essentially he was saying for hundreds and hundreds of years, black Americans and I, and I will say black people in general have been raising their voices and raising concerns of being mistreated, by the oppressors, by being mistreated by the police. And for hundreds and hundreds of years, we as a society ignored their concerns. We didn't give any value to them, any credence to them, and we ignored the legitimate concerns that were being raised by Black people. And then something happened. Everybody got a camera in their pocket. Everybody got a camera in their pocket. Everybody had a phone. And all of a sudden, we're able to start filming these events. We start filming them. And society realizes that all of those complaints that had been raised for decades and hundreds of years, they were just a small piece of the reality that's actually occurring. Like you said, how much do we actually, how much is happening behind the scenes, right? How many Mm -hmm. bruises are being hidden? How many false reports are being filed? How much is happening behind the scenes that we are unaware of? We Mm -hmm read the headlines, what floats to the top, but we don't realize what else is happening, that that these events, that these, these killings are just when people got caught, that this is just the tip of an iceberg. And what is propping up this one singular event is an archaic system built on systemic discrimination, built on uh, racial injustice and built on all of these things. And we're just getting a small piece of it. We're just seeing a small piece of it. And if that is enough to outrage us, imagine what happens when you pull the whole curtain back. Imagine what happens when you really start taking it down brick by brick and examining what is going on here. So it's like you said, it's not getting worse. It's just getting filmed. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. That's what's happening. And we are finally slowly opening your, our, our eyes to these things.
1: Including my own yeah well, I have seen examples in the past. I guess the the false optimist in me thought that you know maybe these are just one and done cases where some of these cases, you know it's not as prevalent as we might think it is because I've seen a lot of progression. But when push comes to shove and then when you're seeing case by case by case everything that's coming out, then you start to realize, is this the 2020 you know, is this is this the future? This, this is the present day that we're talking about, where we preach equality in our public schools and our middle schools and our school system, just talking about loving one another and looking beyond race and going through history textbooks, looking at examples and reading cases of racial inequality. And this is where we are as a people. Mm-hmm. Here we are right now. And what do we have to show for it? Yep. What things have changed? It, it saddens me and it frustrates me to see an African-American where nobody knows the story of this person, but they already have a preconceived judgment in their head. Mm-hmm. And based off color, you're willing to make such a dangerous judgment. Yep. What kind of a person are you? That's not humanity. Right now, what's going on? It's not about black and white. It's about humanity. It's a crime against humanity. And I go back to my original point. The silence from some of my peers is so much louder than the people protesting right now. The silence is what gets me the most. Because these are the same people within my community who take so much from the culture. And screw the, the culture's one thing. Be a human being. Mm-hmm. Be a decent person. Look around you. Yeah. It saddens me.
0: It's um it's a degree of willful ignorance. And I don't know if I'm using that term correctly, but it's it's to say to think that, oh, that doesn't happen here. Oh, that 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 doesn't affect me. Mm. that that doesn't affect us. That, that 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 naive mentality of realizing, like, oh yeah, I know that's an issue, but I mean, that's just one chapter in a history book. That doesn't really affect us right now. I mean, it's it's twenty twenty. It's it takes effort to check your privilege to understand and listen to someone who is coming from a different perspective than you that takes effort it is easy to be willfully blind and and the term that people love using is oh i'm colorblind i don't i don't see race it's it's very easy to have that position it takes effort in this case to say hey someone has been complaining about x y and z for a very long time I should look into this. I should trust this person. I should try to listen and understand their concerns and then try to be an ally rather than try to discredit an entire movement by saying, oh, I just don't I don't really believe in color like I'm, I'm colorblind. That doesn't happen here or, or whatever excuse you want to tell yourself to remain silent
1: there was a um a meme that i saw posted or like kind of like a comic strip maybe mm-hmm. taken from a newspaper or something and it was basically these two um like i don't know what kind of like the bugs or animals they were but there were two animals they were just talking and they were just like you know the um people keep saying that the owl is such a predator but the owl is such a nice person to us you know the owl doesn't do anything to us and then the last part of the strip is I don't know what Mr. Mouse is talking about.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's so simple, but it makes sense. Just because it's not happening to you does not mean that it's not happening at all. It's there. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like a simple example or like a simple comic strip just outlining that type of, you know, like the the notion that you had brought up. Mm -hmm. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean that it's not there. And, you know, I was just thinking about so many different things that were that were tweet uh, that were tweeted, you know, just being on Twitter. And it's a sad time to be on social media.
0: It is. Yeah,
1: I'm going to be I'm going to yeah. I'm going to be truthful because one of the things that we will talk about is, you know, the things that we've been doing mm-hmm. um, in an effort to help with this. But and, and, you know, from from my point, at least social media is a huge part, but it's tough. You, you want to escape, but at the same time, that's the cowardly thing to do because it's time to make change. It's time to revolutionize. Things need to change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But some of the things that I see on social media really make me wonder. And what makes me really think is the police system,
2: mm-hmm.
1: body cam enforcement, mm-hmm. auditing, Looking at backgrounds, background checks that need to be done. Chris Rock made this one comment that my brother had tweeted that made me wonder. What he said was, there are some jobs where you can't have a few bad apples. Yeah. It's not fair to say, oh, you know, the police are mostly good. There's just a few bad apples. Now, let's take that exact same notion and think about it with pilots. Okay, Can you have a few bad apples for pilots? Can you have some pilots that are willfully going towards mountains, crashing and killing hundreds of people? You can't have a few bad apples of pilots. They all need to be trained. They all need to be professional. And you you expect a degree of professionalism from this position. Mm-hmm. Why is it not the same for a badge and a gun? The system is corrupt. There might not be every single police officer who is. Yeah. But the system that has taken place in itself, in my humble opinion, is and, and that's what needs to change.
0: And and you know what's the worst part about it all? The people that do defend this broken system by saying things like, oh, it's just a few bad apples. I mean, did we all forget what the whole sentence is? A few bad apples spoils the whole bunch <laughs> like Literally, the full statement is: "A few bad apples spoils the whole bunch," and you're defending the existence of these few bad apples by not acknowledging what we have seen—the fact that a few bad apples have spoiled the bunch. That, as a society, we recognize enough is enough. We, we are able to understand that the actions of one police officer. Is yes, just that actions of that one police officer. But we as a society have also reached that tipping point where we also are sick of those actions not being held accountable, those actions not being addressed internally. That is why people are so upset. That is why when when a when a when a doctor you know does something wrong in a surgery or something like that purposely. And and through whatever reason it might be, a, a racial bias or whatever, they, they perform malpractice. That doctor is held accountable. Their actions are on that singular basis held accountable. There are no people going to the streets and and, and and trying to make their voice heard because we know the system works. The system can hold their own accountable. But when the system can't hold their own accountable, that is when people feel hopeless and they need to raise their voice. And that is what's happening here. People recognize that the actions of one don't reflect everybody, but they also recognize that when that those actions are not properly addressed by their own internal system, by the own criminal justice system, by the own law enforcement system, then reform is needed because clearly the system isn't working.
1: And another thing, you know, another idea that was said to me, was, you know, if you have three bad cops, you know, you'll have a hundred good cops. You know, like let's just say that's the rate. You know, you have a hundred good cops, you have three bad cops. But the thing is, if the good cops are aware of the bad cops actions, yeah. you have a hundred and three bad cops. Yep. It doesn't matter that they're not person that they're not doing anything. It goes back to this whole idea of inaction and the bystander effect. Being a bystander in this case, even as an individual with a platform, be it you have 50 followers to three followers, it does not matter. If you have any form of platform and you can hold people accountable, you cannot just be a bystander in this case. You need to do something. We all need to come together to do something. Because Nothing has happened for way too long.
0: Like the, the, the notion of silence and bystanders that you bring up, we as a people need to remember that the bystanders are, are what are allowing the oppressors to oppress. The mm. oppressors mm. want people to be bystanders because that makes their job easier. You and I both come from a colonial background. Our nations, our our mother countries or whatever, the, the country of our parents where they were born were former colonies. There were colonizers that came and they were smaller in numbers. They were the oppressors. They came to these countries and our ancestors were colonized by them. And they were in power for so long, not because there were. A hundred good cops and a, and a few bad cops because the ratio was in their favor or whatever it might be, but because they created a system of splitting people up, of 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 creating differences amongst these people and 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 splitting them up. And that's what allowed a small portion to become the the, the ruling party or whatever that might be, right? And the same concept is kind of being applied here where you have a small number of, you know, bad cops or whatever they might be, but because nobody else around them is empowered to step up or speak up or whatever that might be, they become the majority then because what they say goes because, because, and it's, and it's and I understand it is a very nuanced discussion that we're having because it's difficult. There's the traditional office politics involved. There are, you know, um multiple different organizations involved. It's not just the police force, it's the criminal justice system and broadly, it's the prosecutors, the DA's office, it's police unions that have really difficult that have really You know, difficult to understand collective bargaining agreements that make it make internal policing difficult. It's civilian governing bodies, and there's so many different things involved. And I understand it's very nuanced, but at the end of the day, you need to break it down with if you see something wrong happening and you don't speak up, you're at fault then. Because we are holding you as a good cop to a higher standard than we would hold any other citizen because we're placing our trust in you. You, of all people, should be the one that does the right thing. You, of all people, should report something. You, of all people, should just put your hand on someone's shoulder and tell them to stop. Like, this isn't right. Get up. Get off. You shouldn't be standing there and watching while this happens. You are just as guilty
1: if that is the case. The whole idea, the whole premise of the police is to serve and protect. And if the public's perception of that is misconstrued or now it's no longer to serve and protect, but to blindfully attack and to have racial prejudice. What you're right. Why should we trust you? Mm -hmm. Why should we trust the police? And, you know, I guess kind of segueing this into a more recent case, we're talking about George Floyd now Um, What Omar and I had kind of brainstormed ourselves and what we wanted to present are some action items, Mm -hmm. because I know within my community, and this is especially prevalent and something that I've, you know, just trying to work on, but talk is cheap. We can go on in as many rants as we would like. We can keep talking about the way that we feel. But. If you don't take action, nothing will change. Mm -hmm. This is with anything. You can talk about cooking, but unless you actually need that bread, nothing is going to change with that. You're not going to make anything. With working out, if you don't lift that barbell, you're not going to get stronger and nothing will change. You can cry as much as you'd like. So Omar, I want to give you the platform to share some of the things that you've been brainstorming Mm -hmm. in terms of some actionable items everybody can take that we've been taking so far.
0: For sure. Yep. Let Let me pull my list up. And first and foremost, I want to give a huge thank you and a huge shout out to all of the people in my network that have been pushing the issue and not letting it fall to the back burner you are in part the motivation that helped drive me to take these actions so so continue doing what you are doing if you are involved continue taking those actions because your actions will have ripple effects far greater than you could ever be aware of so i I'd, I'd, I'd like to open with that now there's a lot that can be done there is a lot that everyone is doing and this is this is what i feel that i wanted to devote my energy, my time, which is, again, limited in capacity. This is what I want to devote it to because it's something that I'm passionate about. And this is something that I can continue to be passionate about. And not it not be a fad or a trend or something like that. So personally, what I've done is I've contacted my city councillor for my ward. I've contacted my MPP, which is a member of uh, my provincial parliament and my member of parliament at a federal level. I contacted them and I, I told them, hey, my name is Omar, I'm a constituent of yours. And I, given everything that's going on, you know, uh, the uh, talking about the, the racial injustice and the police brutality that we have seen around the world, I, as a constituent, would like to know what your platform as my representative, what your stance and your platform is on the following topics. And the topics that I listed were There are four topics, four things that I'm really passionate about that I want to push. One is mandating body cams for all police officers. Now, this is something that exists in some parts of the United States. To my knowledge, it may even exist in some parts of Canada, but there have been pilot projects here and there, I know, in the city of Toronto, but this is something that's not mandated right now. So mandating the use of body cams for all police officers, number one. Number two. Hiring standards for police officers who have had their employment terminated for disciplinary reasons by another jurisdiction or city. Does there exist that central database that prevents a police officer uh, who was disciplined and lost their position in one city from just getting hired in another? I mean, that's happening a lot in the United States. You get fired for, for murdering someone on the job. Well, move two towns over. You'll get another job doing the same thing. Number three. Mandatory drug and alcohol tests of all officers within one hour of a use of force incident involving discharging a firearm. This seems like a very reasonable request, a very reasonable thing to, to, to think. If, if you fire your weapon while you're on the job, then you should have no worries and no problem consenting to, you know, a drug and alcohol test to ensure that you were in the right state of mind when you were on the job. And number four, increase training. Currently, to my knowledge, uh, to become a police officer, you need, at least in the province of Ontario, you need 24 weeks of, of formal training. That's 960 hours. Now, to put that in context, 960 hours, commercial pilots require 1,500 hours of formal training to become pilots. Certified hairstylists require 3,500 hours of training to get their certification. And police officers require 960 hours. That's ridiculous. Now, 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 I understand that this number is still greater than a lot of numbers that we're seeing coming out of various states that are in maybe in the 400s, 500s, 600s, but nonetheless, we can do more. And that that is what I'm approaching with this. I am not being willfully blind and saying, oh, this doesn't happen here, so I don't need to push these, these changes. It doesn't happen in Mississauga. It doesn't happen in Toronto. It doesn't happen in Ontario, Canada no it's it's about recognizing that i have a privilege and i have the ability to affect change regarding these 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 topics that i care about and there's so many more but these are the ones that i care most about right now and how can i affect them so i've reached out to my city councilor my mpp my mp about these topics i want their platform on it and with their responses i will go and speak to the peel police services board as well as the region of peel city council to share what the findings are of our representatives and to then ask and drive change from there now the peel police services board is a civilian board that governs the peel regional police and there exists wherever you're listening chances are there is a civilian body that is responsible for governing your local police force so that's something that i suggest getting more involved onto that side of things there are a lot of resources and a lot of good legislation that can be pushed reasonable these are all reasonable policies that i'm putting forth reasonable policies that you want to understand who your elected representatives be it at the municipal provincial or federal level what their stance is on these things to ensure you're supporting the right people and applying pressure to those representatives to drive change both in the legislative context as well as in these civilian bodies such as regional city councils and police services boards so those are the actions that i'm taking that's the change that i'm doing i'm researching I'm, I'm i'm listening i'm learning as much as i can about these topics so i can push and drive change at those levels and that's something that 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 i'm doing and i and i recommend for those of you that are feeling lost to perhaps you know maybe this is an avenue that you want to go down maybe this is what you want to devote your time and effort into
1: i like that you know like the it's you know it goes back to the um kind of what i've been thinking about as well it's accountability right it's a matter of accountability and holding you know holding yourself accountable in the sense of I hate when people have this idea before doing any action item, thinking, oh, what's going to happen with this if I try to do this? Or, like, you know, like something is probably already going on in the works. You do it. If you thought about it, great, do it. Mm-hmm. It's about time for action. And some of the findings that you just presented already is troubling. 960 hours i didn't know that myself mm-hmm. and we didn't talk beforehand about this so this is all completely new to me mm-hmm. and so i appreciate the fact that you've done your research and the fact that you're going to be doing some action items with your research mm-hmm. and i think it's it's really inspiring for change like that to happen so Thank first you. and foremost you know what i will say from 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 all of this is just a couple of things number one being own individual effort. Yeah. Okay. And what I mean by that is similar to what you were talking about or like what you, what you did at an individual level, you're doing this. And what I mean by own individual effort as well is hold yourself, your friends and your family accountable. We've passed the time of racial jokes that are, you know, it's just not funny anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. These things are not funny, and it's your, you know, responsibility as a human being to hold people accountable for that. I'm not saying get your pitchfork out and start stabbing him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What I am telling you to do, though, is politely but sternly say that that's not right, and you are part of the problem by letting these things go. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, that's what I wanted to mention: is using your or your own individual platform to be holding others as well as yourself accountable. And the second part is, you know, because we had, talk, we had talked about contacting MPs. I talked with Wassi about that as well, just getting email addresses, because I thought it's a really good way yeah. to figure out where we stand. And what this really made me think of is, wow, how important is voting and elections? Mm hmm. I never really thought about it before. In, in all honesty, I'm really guilty about that. Elections Canada, I mean, like I never really, I'm just like, oh, you know, like things, but it was the immaturity in me. But now I'm beginning to realize when we find out where the stances are, how important their platforms are of the MP, of our government, knowing all of that is extremely key and knowing their policies is extremely important. We need to be informed. Mm-hmm. So those are two things that I wanted to start off with, but in terms of the action items that I've been taking myself and a lot of people, you know, might have, you know, differing opinions on this, but I don't care if it's genuine or not social media sharing and using your platform to share, whether it's donation uh, pages, whether it's petition websites or whether it's like a comic strip that I was talking about before that made me think
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's important. Raising awareness, it could be very a very small share, but that's what I mean by people being silent on matters, because I've noticed that some of my peers have been doing that. They could very well be doing other things in the background I'm not sure of, but this idea of unification and unity between all of us. I like the idea of sharing well-informed pages on your Twitter, on your Instagram, on your Facebook, whatever the case, Mm -hmm. I think sharing will go a very long way. And it shows that we're all together. And I think that's powerful. And that goes uh, directly into my second part, which is donations. Donations are important. We have the Minnesota Freedom Fund. And due to the overwhelming amount of donations, they're having a little bit of trouble keeping up with everything. But that doesn't mean that there aren't other ones. There's the Bail Project. There's a George Floyd Memorial Fund. You can find donation pages where you can support people who are, for example, protesting and need to make bail because those are the people who are taking action right now. Mm -hmm. And that goes into, as well, petitions. Sign those petitions. Petitions actually already made a change with people, uh, uh, With um, 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 for, for a certain cause. Petitions have changed that. Protests as well. I understand that it's a pandemic, but there are people who are willing to kind of go out of their way and participate in these protests because this is not a matter of... You know, what, what, I, what I heard that really strike that really strike me was, you know, protesting or writing is the language of the unheard. Yeah. And I think that is very, very true. I think the people have been unheard for a very, very long time. And this is how they are reacting. It might not be safe, but again, it's the idea of unity that I'm, that I'm preaching about right now. And that comes from social media. That comes from participating in protests. These are the things that can be done. Yeah, And these are some of the action items where you might think that one share might not do anything. Oh, whatever. What's it going to do? But it does. I guarantee you it does. I promise you it does. So I'm pleading you. I'm asking you to please continue doing that. A lot of my peers have been, and I give them a whole lot of credit. I've been speaking to a lot of people, getting their thoughts on it, getting their recommendations on certain action items. And that's where it starts. That's where the conversation starts. Mm -hmm. And what I also urge people to think and to consider is Black lives always matter. It's not because a person was executed, a Black man was executed. And that's the reason why we're feeling the way. It's all, it, they always matter. And we need to be weary of that. We need to understand that. We need to come together and realize that black lives matter. We need to hold each other accountable, including ourselves, including your best friend who might make some racial jokes from time to time. It's not funny anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not. Let's be better as human beings. Let's be better as people. But most importantly, importantly, let's be better together because that's the way change will spark.
0: 100%.
1: Those are some of the action items that I've been taking. And of course, with protests, some of the action items that I want to be taking because they're not all done yet. And this is something that I really want to devote my time into.
0: Yeah. 100% and just one thing i'd like to you know continue to reiterate ben and i were are we're, pe- we're persons of color we're 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 people of color but there is the the black experience is something ben and i have never felt mm-hmm. ben and i have been exposed to casual racism here or there there have been periods where maybe i felt unsafe because of the color of my skin in in in, in situations here and there but the But the unique Black experience of living in Canada or living in America, that is something that he and I have never experienced. So one thing that we we are trying to do, we're trying to drive all this change and do all these actions, but continue to listen and be respectful of the people experiencing this firsthand. Listen. Because that's one thing that society has not done. Like, that's what, how we started this discussion. For hundreds and hundreds of years, society did not listen. Now is the time for us to listen and give a platform to those voices that are experiencing this firsthand. We are doing everything we can in our support. But I urge everyone not to hijack the movement, not to skew any of the, a, a, anything. Allow people to express themselves how they want to be expressed. Empower their voices. Be a good ally in that, in that sense and give power to their voice and their truth. Don't try to hijack it. So, so that's one thing I'd like to continue to reiterate while you're doing all these, while you're sharing, while you're, you know, protesting, while you're doing all of these things, continue to be respectful to people that are experiencing this on a day-to-day basis and have experienced this in their, their entire lives. They have a unique experience and one that Ben and I have never experienced ourselves but that we will do our best to understand and amplify.
1: Mm, no, but you 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 said it you said it perfectly. Um, I'm not black. Yeah. I can't experience what black people have experienced. I can't experience that same level of depleted energy and tiredness that you must feel by getting funny looks at a, at a part of a certain part of a neighborhood where you're not welcome, where you're going to a bar or a store and you're getting random looks. I, I can't relate to that, but I can sympathize with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I understand that it's difficult and it's terrible. And as Omar and I have mentioned, it's about taking the actions that we can do to help the cause.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's what we're just going to continue to do because. You know, don't be on the other side of history. Yeah. Don't be on the other side.
0: All of this will be written in history books that our kids or our kids' kids will be reading. And we want to be on the right side of this. We want all of our listeners to be on the right side of this. We want each and every one of you that's listening has a certain degree of privilege. It might be a little, it might be a lot, but we want you to reflect and understand that privilege and use it to be an action of good. Personally, the, 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 the most important thing that I did was I keep a journal here at my desk. You know, I've mentioned it before or I, where I write in it and, and stuff like that. And when all this was happening, I, some of the most, I guess, transformative experiences for me were, you know, an, You go on social media and you're seeing all these stories, you're watching all these videos and and part of you just wants to kind of check off and ignore it. It's a, it's a human reaction. That's why people are silent. It's like, oh, I just I just want to pretend this thing doesn't exist. I just it's not real. I don't want to I don't want to address this right now. I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole of reading and learning and understanding more because you're afraid because checking your own privilege is is difficult it requires effort you feel guilty you 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 feel all of these emotions but it is one of the most important things that you need to do to sit down with yourself alone and reflect and understand what is the position that i'm coming from how am i approaching this what are how can i leverage what i have to drive change i am lucky that i have the ability to drive or begin to drive change in some of those things that I mentioned, because I live in a society where these civilian boards exist, where there is a democracy and I have represent representation at various levels of government. Not everybody has that ability, right? Not everybody has those avenues that they can pursue. So it would be a shame if I didn't do these things. It would be a shame if I didn't research the platforms of the people that I vote for. At various levels, it's a it would be it would be a shame if I didn't use my voice at board meetings for police review meetings and things like that. I have these tools at my disposal that other people may not. And I have a voice that other people may not. So I I sat down and I recognized and understood all of these things about myself. And it sucks. You feel guilty. You feel like you should have been doing so much more for years and years and years, but only through that process, can you come out a person who is a real ally to black people that are struggling in a time like this?
1: You know, I guess it sounds like this where, you know, like I'm just going over the, uh, the Google doc and, um, I know that we had mentioned talking about basketball because yeah. after a while we are a um, a basketball podcast, but I'm simply not in the mood. Yep. I think that maybe, you know, I know this, I'm throwing a curveball at you right now because we agreed on it beforehand, but I don't, I don't have the energy in me to talk about the fact that basketball is returning. It's great, but I don't care.
0: No, no, no one cares. No one should care right now. You no. Know, Particularly, you know what, and and this just comes back to a point that you've been making before. If you are a basketball fan, if you are a fan of the sport of basketball, now is not the time to be silent. Now Mm. is not the time for you to be silent. You are a fan of a sport that is so entrenched in black culture. That That is a sport where the vast majority of the players are black a sport that you use for your entertainment, and now when the community that built the sport needs you to be an ally, if you're silent, that's not right. No one should care about basketball right now. We're a basketball podcast, but we recognize that privilege and we recognize the platform that we have and that's why we're saying, like we just don't have the energy for it, like you said, it's not right, it's not right for us to talk about that right now,
1: yeah, I mean, like just thinking about it in in from my from my own perspective, I owe my personality, everything about me, to this culture that's being attacked, mm-hmm. and to stand idly by is criminal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: It's just not right, yeah. I owe so much to the culture. Yeah. And you would, you would really think that you would really hope and think that it's not like it was 60, 50 years ago, but it's the same. It's the exact same. It's.
0: Yeah, it's, it is. And all we can hope for is that we are what the diff we are the difference that was needed. Keep that hope alive. Hope that you are the difference, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world or whatever the quote is, but keep that whole hope alive and let this be a turning point in your own personal life. You know, let this be a turning point in society and all that. It's a tipping point, and I understand that. But let this be your own personal tipping point where you say internally, like Ben said, enough is enough. For me and my circle, my family, enough is enough. If I see it, I'm going to call it out. If I hear it, I'm going to call it out. Maintain that circle and then drive change for the people outside of that as well, for society as a whole. And and yeah, I'll. I mean... Leave it at that. this is a basketball podcast. We'll talk ball we'll always talk ball, but we won't stick to sports. you that's if that's what you're looking for, then this is not the right podcast for you and and, and unfortunately maybe you don't really belong here what, what 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 Ben and I can guarantee is we will always use this platform to give a voice to the people that may not have one. And, and yeah, as big or small as our platform might be, we're proud of it and we will continue to use it in that
1: way. With the, uh, with the pandemic, that's still, you know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. It's not like anything has really, has really changed with that. But my dad and I have always talked about how there's a huge shift. There's going to be a huge shift in the world post, you know, post COVID. We've talked about it before on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be a time where there's pre-COVID and post-COVID because it's such a drastic change. And our lives have changed considering this pandemic the way that we are. Let's keep this momentum going. You know, for lack of a better term, there should be a pre-George Floyd era and a post-George Floyd era. Mm Mm-hmm. There should be a, you know, if if it hasn't happened before, it needs to happen now. So echoing what Omar had said, call it out within your own circle, call it out out of your circle. Hopefully it translates, but don't just leave everything to hope. And I urge people to really, really have, you know, listen to what I just said there. Don't just leave it to hope because hope it's just another word of being lazy. We can't be lazy anymore. We can't just not, not do anything anymore. We okay. tried working together. We tried, you know, I'm doing a bunch of different efforts to to show the people that everything is united. And look at this one video of a police officer helping another person. That's really. That's not what I'm looking for. Mm hmm unless the entire system flips and the entire system is changed and we see living proof of that only then will we see the justice that is that is deserved at this point mm-hmm. because we need to stick together yeah we can't just we've got to be together in this one you know as as a people We owe it to, we owe it to ourselves.
0: I got, I got nothing else. I don't have the energy for ball, like you said. Um, And I think I've, I've said what I can. So I, you know, go back, re-listen to our call to action, re-listen to the recommendations that Ben and I are personally making and educate yourself. From beyond just Ben and I, I mean, this is one perspective, go educate yourself, listen to more people, listen to black people talk about the topic, educate yourself on their lived experiences, and then come up with your own plan of how you're going to address the issue in your life. Be it a combination of all the things we said, one thing, many things, whatever it's going to be, come up with your own individual plan. Let us know. Shoot us a DM. Talk to us about it. if you if you if you want if you want to bounce ideas back and forth. I mean, the session is a session. The session's run by people. It's, it's Ben and I, right? Talk to us. Reach out to us personally, in, in private and in public, whatever it might be. We're always willing to to help and support in any capacity that Ben and I can. And and I mean, with that, like like I'll, I'll just echo what Ben said. Hope any change that we've seen in the world. Regardless of what the topic it was, that change didn't come from hope. Hope was important, but the change wasn't as a result of hope. The change was as a result of people that that worked to make that hope a reality. So keep your hope up, but continue working to realize that reality, whatever that vision is in your head.
1: I think that's a perfect way to to wrap it up and um, I think we can wrap up this podcast with that yeah, as well for sure. I guess just some final, uh, just some final words. Um, you know, we are on Instagram, and uh, as Omar said, talk to us. Um, you know, like Omar manages. That's you know, like that account, and I'm looking at it as well. Um, I would love to have a discussion. We would both love to have a discussion. Just talking about different ways we can support one another. So let's do it. Um, at the session ball, that's where we are on Instagram. You can find this on YouTube. It'll be everywhere. But um, be sure to think back on the things that we have been talking about because there's a lot more in store for us. Cheers.